0: All right, let me give you a plug for what we're doing next week before we get into one another. Next week, we're going to be doing Football Sunday here, and we're going to stretch that into Monday. We're going to do the same thing on Monday for our Monday night service. But we're going to be playing a video in here during our teaching time that's going to have several people from the NFL that are going to be sharing some of their faith story and their faith journey. This is going to be a great time for for us to be here. Great time to invite somebody you know that doesn't have a church home. Invite them to come and be able to hear and see this and get in the mood for game day. And certainly want to invite you to wear any kind of football gear that you have for NFL that you want to support a team. Even if your team's not playing, but uh, just to be able to have fun when we come together next week for Football Sunday. So it's just going to be an interruption to our one another, and then we're going to pick right back up after that and finish the rest of the series one another. Well, we have been on this journey that we started right out of the gates on January at the very first Sunday. And it's kind of hard to believe that we're already nearing the end of January, of this new year that started, this new decade that started. But as we as a church, as we got started with this, that I I issued this challenge. I said, would you, would you be interested, would you be willing to, instead of just taking this year and saying, hey, this is what I want for myself and my family and people living underneath my roof, and so this is what I'm going to resolve, this is, but would you be willing to take an approach that says, I, I want to improve life, not just my life, not just the life of the people I live with, but, but the life of everybody that I get to rub shoulders with, that I get to do life with, that, that those would be the lives that, that I would be, wanting to improve and and that's what one another is all about it, it's looking and seeing hey what is it that we could and should be doing with and for one another that, that as we look through our new testament it, it appears a hundred times this this phrase of one another or each other depending on your translation and how many times that counts but getting back to this original language it's 100 times we see this in our new testament some of those one and others are are things we shouldn't do to each other and some of those are things that we should do to each other. So we started with encourage. Encourage one another. And, and, and the really the, the take home from this one is you don't have to have the, the gift of encouragement to give the gift of encouragement. That every single one of us, that, that we can encourage people around us. And that we should be encouraging one another. We looked at love one another. That we would be willing to love one another. And when it comes to loving one another, that, that love, when we look at it, that it, it can be difficult at times. Because see, love, it's, it's not always logical. It, it, it doesn't always make sense that we should be doing this. It, that love, for, it, it's not always emotional. We're not always gonna, gonna feel something good when we choose to love. The love's it's not always practical. It's not always convenient either. That, that not these things. And love, it's it's not always reciprocal. It doesn't always come back when you give it out. But love, it's always needed. Last week, we looked at pray for one another. That that we would be willing to to pray for one another. And as we looked at this particular one, that that, that I, I shared how I think that Many times what we end up doing with our prayer life when we pray for one another, that, that we end up praying for one another, we, we pray for a career opportunity, we, we pray for health when there's something that seems to happen, and maybe it's a crisis at whatever level that crisis is. We, we, we pray that some of you will have a place to live, and, and we pray these things. And I, I don't want to cheapen those and say we shouldn't be praying for those. We should. But, but our prayer life can be so much more than that as we pray for one another. And and you don't have to be a spiritual giant to to pray for one another. In fact, you don't want to look at prayer and go, prayer is that thing for people that are close to God. Because prayer is actually what draws us close to God. That Prayer is for all of us. So I I shared with you some some ways that that we could be praying for each other that goes beyond just the life circumstances. That, That we could be praying for one another that, That we would all that we would know God, that we would know specifically, that we would know the the heart of God. That that we wouldn't just be satisfied with I've read the Bible and I know some things in it, but that that we would look far enough and deep enough and long enough that that we would begin to know the the heart of God. That that we would be people that that we would pray for one another to to follow God. That there's too many times in life when when on our path that that there's a fork in the road and and there's God's way and then there's our way. And that we need to be praying for each other, that we would be following God's path, God's will for our lives. For the lives of all these other people that we would be willing to pray for. That that we looked at what it would mean to to pray for for God's healing in a way that goes beyond just the health issue. That that yes, there's that, and, and certainly we would be praying for that. But it's not always a physical health issue. Sometimes it's just the emotional state of where somebody's at. Sometimes we need to be praying for healing from addictions, whatever it is that seems to be locking somebody, chaining somebody down and not letting them live their life freely. That we would be praying for one another that way. That we'd pray for one another to be able to have community with the people of God. That that we would be praying for others to to do life with people that they're going to help them grow in their relationship with their heavenly father, that these would be ways that, that we would pray for one another. And I shared that I think one of the things that, that does make it difficult for us to pray for one another is we, we just don't open up enough. We just don't share enough with other people how they could be praying for us. I'm so proud of, of our journey team because our, our journey team this last week as we were talking through all of this, that we just talked about what would that be like and, and would we be willing to be that vulnerable and that we wouldn't just wait until we would see each other the following week, but that we would take advantage of just a communication tool that we already have. We have GroupMe and we, we just communicate that way and that we would be willing to begin to share with each other how we can be praying for each other through the week when things come up, when things happen. And our journey team just got real and raw with each other this week things that were being said was I trust this is going to stay in the group as they're sending this because it's just that real and that raw and and just sharing things about how we can be praying for one another that absolutely this is a way that that we should be looking to, to grow in the way that we do life with one another is that we would pray for one another And today we're going to talk about forgive one another. This is going to be an interesting one. Because I I think it it could be the most difficult. Maybe I've I've got one more that's going to be difficult for some. And so I don't know which one's going to be the most difficult. But this is probably the most difficult or the second most difficult one another that we're going to be looking at. And I think what makes forgive one another so difficult is that when somebody intentionally does something that they know is going to hurt us, that is so hard to forgive. It's difficult. It's challenging for us to to forgive them when they did that knowing that they would hurt us. I think it's hard enough. When when somebody, what, what they ended up doing, they didn't intentionally do it to hurt us. But it did hurt us. I think that's hard enough to forgive those. But it's even harder to forgive when somebody willfully does something that they know is going to bring hurt and heartache. And I think if the idea was to selectively forgive one another, we'd be all in, right? It's it's a pick and choose, and make sure you do some. We'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm all in, I'm all in. But that's not what it is. Because what we're taught is that forgiveness isn't about a selectiveness. That, that forgiveness, it, it isn't a, a, a minimal, what's, what's, what's the least I, I have to do? What makes forgiveness so difficult is that forgiveness is carte blanche. It's, it's, it's a blank check. And it can be really big of how much we have to forgive. And it makes it so difficult. I think unforgiveness, unforgiveness might be the most justifiable thing that we've ever done. That we can look at some of the things we've done as we try to just, I think unforgiveness could be the most unjustifiable thing that we have ever done. And we do, we, we, we justify some of these. We, we justify that this unforgiveness, we justify it by, by saying something like this. They don't deserve to be forgiven. And so we justify that we're not going to forgive because, because they don't deserve to be forgiven. That when it comes to this justifying of unforgiveness, that we justify it this way. We go, well, we don't want them to think that what they did was Okay. And if I forgive them, they're just going to think it was okay. And so I can't forgive them because I don't want them to believe that what they did was okay. It's a way that we justify not forgiving. I think that one of the ways we justify is we just go, it's just easier. If I I don't forgive, it's just going to be easier for me to just not not forgive. I think another way that, that we justify this is we choose to take a stand. That, that, that it's just taking the stand and it's going. I'm not the one that's going to give in this time. And we just we, we justify. I've given it too many. I'm taking this. I'm not going to be the one to give in this time. And We feel like we're just standing up for ourselves, and, and so we justify that we're not forgiving the offense. I think another way that we justify this, so we just go. It won't make a difference. Why? Why bother forgiving? Because it's not going to make a difference anyway. And I'll give you one more. I think sometimes we, we justify it this way. We go, I don't want to restore that toxic relationship. I don't want to restore it. And so I'm not... Willing to forgive. So we, we justify this so much. I want to I share three forgiveness suppressants. It's the three things that, that they just suppress, they work against our ability, our willingness to forgive others. One of those is pain. That pain prevents forgiveness. That that pain pain doesn't want us to forgive. That that, that pain, it it is the uninvited reminder of how we've been wronged. We didn't invite that reminder, but it is there. And that, that pain it it provides this pseudo proof that we shouldn't forgive. We do. We look at that as this, this false proof that, yeah, 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 you, you shouldn't forgive because look at this pain. Another suppressant is anger. Anger avoids forgiveness. See, anger is a great agitator. And, and, and as we look at, at anger, what does anger do? It, it convinces us. It convinces us that we should take aggressive action in responding to how we've been wronged. So it does. It completely avoids forgiveness. That The anger unleashed, it leads us to actions that we will regret later. Anger, it just it avoids it. So pain prevents it. Anger avoids it. And then there's bitterness. And bitterness blocks forgiveness. It just, it just blocks it. The bitterness, it, it buries the belief that there is hope to move on. It, it buries that belief that it can lead us to behave, this bitterness can lead us to behave in ways that we would have never have approved of without our bitterness. The bitterness, it causes us to to betray our own conscience and our own convictions. And these are our three suppressants. Think of it this way. That, that pain, anger, and bitterness, these keep the offense alive and well. It does. It just takes that offense and it keeps it alive and well. I want to try, to try to illustrate this. And let me illustrate it by just using fruit. So I got a peach here. And, and, and here's the thing about fruit, at least for me. I, I, I think fruit is great when somebody else provides it, especially if they've even prepared it. Right? And it's, it, you just get to go dig I mean it's it's just great, you know, when 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 that's the fruit and, and when it's fresh, oh that, that's that's when you really want it is when it is when it is fresh. And and I think that that what we end up doing is we end up doing some things when it comes to the way that we've been wronged. And that we keep the offense. Fresh, Our pain, our anger, and our bitterness, we, 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 we let them keep our fruit fresh, well beyond its shelf life. This is fruit fresh. And fruit fresh, you just sprinkle a little bit on, and, and you know with these preservatives that are going to be there, it's going to take and it's going to elongate how long this fruit at least has the appearance of being fresh. Being fresh. It's, it's gonna preserve it a little bit longer than what it would be if, if it were to just sit out on its own by just sprinkling a little bit of this fruit fresh. And, and really I, I want you to see it this way. That we actually took and took a, a three days to actually film a peach that had been cut in half. And, and, and we just cut it in half and we just set it down. we got a time-lapse video. And, and, and we took one of those halves and we sprinkled some fruit fresh on it to preserve it. And the other, we, we left it alone. And So let's just watch this. It's really quick to see what happens with fruit fresh. Yeah, it's kind of clear, you're going, to that, yeah, that one on the left, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that one on the left, but man, that one on the right, it just shrunk just a little bit. It still looks fresh, right? And, and what happens, what we end up doing is, is we just sprinkle that little bit of, of fruit fresh on with this offense of how we've been hurt and how we've been wrong. And by putting that fruit fresh on there, it just keeps our pain, and it keeps our anger, and it keeps our bitterness going. The problem is what our unforgiveness preserves. That's the problem. That that there is this preservation when we choose not to forgive. And unforgiveness preserves pain, anger, and bitterness. Preserves it. And is that really something that is in your best interest to preserve? Pain. Pain. Anger and bitterness? I, I don't think it is. I, th- I think there's something else that, that I can I can kind of make my, my point with, and it's this thing that, that tends to be uh you know the butt of all jokes, and that is fruitcake. You know, it's, it's interesting when it comes to fruitcake. There's always a couple of people in the room that like it, you know, and the rest of us are going like, you know what, really? You like it, you know? But but it's 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 the gift that keeps on giving, right? Because when somebody gives you this gift, (laughs) you just look for another opportunity to give it (laughs) to somebody else, right? It's the gift that just keeps on, because you just keep giving it and giving it and giving it. Listen, in 2011, there was an auction of a fruitcake that was 70 years old. It had been preserved, and it still looked good. And at this auction, somebody paid $500 for a 70-year-old fruitcake. And if you and I, if we're not careful, we're going to end up carrying pain, anger, and bitterness for 70 years because we preserved it. So, We've got to look at this forgiveness thing. And we've got to look at it. We've got to evaluate our, our position on this and, and what, what we're doing when it comes to forgiveness or unforgiveness. Because, see, an unforgiving person is a toxic person. You might go, well, no, no, no. No, I'm not forgiving because it was a toxic relationship. An unforgiving person is a toxic person. And you're allowing the, the toxin of pain and anger and bitterness to flow through your heart. And so we need to look at this and understand what do we need to do. Because see, forgiveness, it's required for restoration. It is. That forgiveness is, a, it is required before restoration. But forgiveness doesn't automate restoration. And some of you, you might have convinced yourself, I'm not willing to forgive because I don't want to restore. Restoration is a second step. There are probably some of you in here, some that are listening, that that what you are dealing with or the offense that has happened against you is something that the rest of us could never even fathom, what that would have to be like living through that but it is in your best interest to forgive, to not be preserving the pain, the anger, and the bitterness. Let's not let the false assumption that restoration is required in order to forgive, let's not let that false assumption prevent us from forgiving. If you're somebody that that you're a Christ follower, that that you've bowed the knee of your heart, you believe in Jesus, he's your Savior, you've accepted him, that, that, that if you're somebody that that's you, there's a very comforting verse in our Bible. If you're, if you're not that person and you just haven't made that decision, I, I think it's going to be worth you kind of leaning in and listening to go, okay, well, what is that? What is, that? What is, that? What is the benefit and what, what, is, what, is the, what is the action that's required and what is the benefit that comes for somebody that, that they do believe in Jesus? So, this is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. This is Jesus that's saying this. He says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I, that, that's very comforting. Okay, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm forgiving when somebody's sinned, they've done something against me, then my heavenly Father. He's going to forgive me when I've offended him or somebody else. It's very comforting. But yet there's another verse in our Bible that if you're a Christ follower, it's, it's a very uncomfortable verse. And you have to go all the way from Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, and you have to jump all the way to verse 15 to find the uncomfortable and this is it. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father, talk about your heavenly father, will not forgive your sins. See, that's not comfortable. That, that for some of us, is, is a little disheartening. And I don't know if you know when Jesus was actually addressing this, when he was teaching this but the teaching right before this is something that most if not all of us have some familiarity with because what jesus was teaching on right before this was he was teaching his disciples how to pray in luke's version it's them asking him lord lord teach us teach us to pray In Matthew's verse, and he just jumps into where Jesus is teaching them how to pray. So so let's look at this together, this this prayer that that Jesus shows us. This is how we should... It wasn't pray this prayer, but it's pray like this. These these are the things you should be including in your prayer. So we'll start in verse 9, Matthew 6, verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth... As it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I want you to notice something. What I I want you to notice is is that this prayer model that that most of us are familiar with, many of us have, have prayed it or prayed a version of it. That with this prayer model, the only thing that Jesus chooses to unpack is one element. He doesn't choose to unpack and, and give commentary or dialogue on, 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 when you pray, pray, our Heavenly Father. He doesn't, he doesn't take time to, to explain that. Your will be done on earth. as He doesn't explain any of that and give anything to it. He doesn't, it doesn't take when we say, give us today our daily bread, you know, he doesn't say, okay, guys, stop praying for 10 years out. You know, hey God, will you take care of us the next 10 years? I'll I'll be back. No, no. Do do we would rely on him daily? He doesn't take time to to make sure that that he's explaining any of that. When when it comes to deliver us from the evil one, lead us not to temptation, and deliver us from the evil one, he doesn't take time to it's it's just this verse 12. There's only one aspect of this prayer. That he gives any kind of commentary on, Verse 12, "And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors." So most of us, we'd, we'd rather pray something like this: Forgive us our debts even though we haven't forgiven all of our debtors. Forgive us. Our debts, because we've done a good job, God, of forgiving most of our debtors. The the ones that they've offended, they owe us something. But that's not the prayer. See, the prayer is forgive us our debts as we have forgiven. That's the prayer. So, Jesus commentary we've already looked at but just let me say it again verses 14 and 15 for if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their sins your father will not forgive your sins Jesus gives us a very compelling reason to forgive one another. I don't think it could be more compelling that the consequence of not forgiving is a higher price than any of us want to pay. That consequence of not forgiving, it is a higher price than any of us want to pay. But yet, there are things that often keep us from forgiving others. In fact, I want us to look at five things that we do that keep us from forgiving others. That first one is we we foster our hurt feelings. That, 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 that we've been, we've been hurt and we kind of cradle it and foster it and we, we keep it alive. We, we foster our hurt feelings. Secondly is, is we replay the incident in our mind. And we just keep hitting a replay over and over and over, reminding ourselves of what someone has done to us and against us. Another thing we do is we, we entertain ways to get even. And some don't stop there. They entertain ways to get ahead. And it's one of these things that keeps us from forgiving others. Another one is we, we share the details with others. That, that, that we can be in the middle of telling somebody and somebody else walks up, we're like, oh, oh, you're, let me back back up because I want you to hear too. And we do, we just, we share the details with others. And another thing that we do is we, we hesitate to move on. There, there, there's like this sense that we go, maybe, maybe it's time for me, no, 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 we just hesitate and we stop ourselves from moving on. And, and these five things that, that, that we end up doing It just keeps the pain, the anger, and the bitterness fresh. It it, it just keeps it fresh. And, And when it comes to keeping that fresh, and we've got the whole fruit fresh going on. But what we need to do We've got to throw away the fruit fresh. We've got to throw away what is it that just keeps this pain, this anger, and this bitterness fresh. We've got to dispose of it. We've got to be done with it. It's actually something that we're taught in Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get, get rid of these. Get rid of them. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. That instead of the bitterness, instead of the rage, instead of the, instead of the slander, that instead, that we would be kind, that we would be tenderhearted, that we would forgive one another just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Forgiveness pardons what is owed. And if we're all honest with ourselves, we all have things that we need to be pardoned of. For all honest and real that that there are things that that we have done that we need to be pardoned. Let that remind you of why you should be willing to pardon others. There's a song that was written years ago that has this line in it. And the line in that song is, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It's really paraphrasing what Jesus said after he gave this Lord's Prayer and he talked about forgiveness and what gets to happen when we do and what will happen when we don't. That it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. We need to stop adding preservatives to the offense, trying to keep it Fresh. Without forgiveness, every marriage would be doomed. That, that without forgiveness, every family would fall apart. That, that without forgiveness, every friendship would come to an end that we need forgiveness. We need it on the receiving end and we need it on the giving end, that it is forgive one another. And we need to do the forgiving because if we don't, then we jeopardize the forgiveness that God has offered us through Christ. Life is better when we forgive one another. Pray with me. God, I think that there's all sorts of spectrums of of, of the hurt, the heartache, the pain, the anger, the bitterness. God, you know every single one of us and you know where we're at and some of us, uh, we've been able to move on and some of us, we just haven't from something. God, I pray that you would You would give us a desire that would come from you, that we would forgive, that that we would have the understanding that that forgiveness, it it doesn't automate restoration. And maybe there's still some relationships that that don't need to be picked back up, but we need to at least forgive. Help us to, to be willing to do this even when we don't feel like it, so that we can make life better for others and even for ourselves.